what you find is like just learning is that way like everything there's so much coming at you there's so much information out there in every field right and there's so much mm -hmm. unique things that i think if you truly have a curiosity inside of you which is the most probably powerful tool when it comes to learning because yep. if you're curious you'll go you'll go find your answers and but the beauty right now is those answers are so close so uh even if we just like inspiring curiosity in people this is Techie Personal Finance Bootcamp, where I help tech professionals in their 20s and 30s balance a great life today without sacrificing their future possibilities. I'm your host, Lucas Caceres, certified financial planner and founder of Level Up Financial Planning, where I help educate, coach, and build strategies with my clients to help them take their financial confidence to the next level. Here's an important compliance disclosure. This podcast is for informational purposes only and are not to be considered recommendations. It is recommended you consult your trusted financial professional before implementing any information obtained from the Techie Personal Finance Bootcamp. Welcome to Techie Personal Finance Bootcamp. I'm really excited today. I have Chris Huey. I met Chris actually back at a networking event and it was actually a conference in San Francisco and neither Chris nor myself are live in San Francisco. So it was pretty cool that we met up there. We since connected on LinkedIn and he's always sharing great content. He's always supporting people within his community. Thanks for coming on the show, Chris. Yeah, no, thank you for having me. Excited to be here. And uh, yeah, I didn't even remember that it was in San Francisco. That's that's funny. Um, that was the only time I'd ever been to San Francisco, too. Yeah, uh, yeah, same uh, here. It was uh, TechCrunch Disrupt 2018. And yeah. so I, I think 2019 is actually going on like this week or next week or something. So it was exactly a year ago almost, which is kind of interesting. Oh, that's crazy. I haven't even thought about it. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so share with everyone. I know you have a unique background and a unique past. Feel free to give us like the high overview highlights of what your careers look like so far. And we'll definitely dive into some of those things more in depth as the show goes on. Yeah, I mean, so, so my uh, background kind of started closer actually to the finance side. So got a degree in finance, graduated around 2008-ish. So you can imagine, oddly enough, it was uh, actually mathematical finance. So closer to uh, what we now would call like quantitative uh, engineering. Uh, there was even like, Financial engineering was a thing for a little yeah. bit, um, but it was essentially I, I, I kind of majored in high frequency trading, a lot of the traditional business stuff, but luckily like I had two Python classes and uh, that was kind of where my first uh, foray into, I guess, programming uh, really kicked off. Uh, fast forward to kind of going into, you know, the corporate world and definitely didn't want to live in New York and it was really hard right then to be that kind of guy. Um, sure. you, were not, you were not a popular guy because there was a lot of distrust around quantitative engineering at that time. There was a lot of people that blamed um, <laughs> them specifically for high leverages and, and the market situation. So, you know, went into staff accounting uh, and that's when I realized, I guess, that's when I really found more of my affinity for tech because uh, you realize how short the accounting like road to climb up is, right? Like the, you, your boss is the controller or, you know, maybe two more steps in and you're kind of the CFO at the top. So people stay in, in those type of roles for a long time, whether it's accounts receivable, accounts payable, yep. um, all of those. So it's really 
it, it was really hard for me to differentiate myself being hungry, um, also being somewhat unique. So I, you really found me pushing uh, Excel, pushing SQL, pushing uh, more of the technical side of my skills. And just so happened everything ended up in the back of uh, ERP systems, right? In the back of databases. Yeah. And uh, I happened to be the guy that could pull stuff out of the databases, but also model. And at that time, you, you essentially needed two of those people. You needed the business intelligence guy to say, hey, this is what's in our database. This is um, how we're, we can put this together. And then you needed the, the financial person to kind of take that data and model it. So for a large part of my career, I just kind of killed that um, and said, hey, I'll do both. Just give me uh, access to your database, get out of my way, and, and kind of made my way uh, all the way up to pretty much director of finance at some point. Uh, yeah, directing <laughs> the, the CFO for a company called She Knows Media. And uh, a lot of that wasn't because of my financial uh, ability, my CPA ability. It was directly because I was able to unravel things out of the database. Uh, they specifically put their financial statements in the database. So I was uh, very uh, important at that time. But that was uh, kind of how I made more of my uh, traditional, uh, I, I guess, career path. And then Three-ish years ago, Galvanize, before anyone knew what Galvanize was, uh, oddly enough, there was a time where I lived in Co uh, Colorado for about six months. Oh, and really? Galvanize, oh, yeah, Galvanize was always was there. And uh, it was really a weird time in my life where I was debating on, do I want to be an engineer? Because I had the skills, but like I was never called like a web developer. And it was so much cooler at that time. And uh, <laughs> getting paid really well. I'm not like I wasn't, but it was a very like sexy thing to do. And so there was a point where I was debating like, cause I could definitely like code at that point. So I was like, maybe I should just uh, jump out of the finance role and just be a, a developer. And I was uh, kind of questioning that. And so I got to see the very first galvanized graduation, oddly enough, because it was, uh, it was the only program uh, out there. There was very few out of San Francisco, right? San Francisco had the, maybe the only two or three at that time. This was a while ago when uh, like Dev Boot Camp was the first one or something. Uh, yeah, so it's, I was, it's pretty uh, interesting background as far as how, th like this whole industry that's becoming pretty big is not that old at all. And, and it's creating a lot of opportunities and there's a lot of unknowns as far as what the future holds for, like how many like students are, are actually needed and are there going to be too many juniors and, and things like that. Yeah. I mean, there's all, like, we can talk about uh, education I'm, for days. That is uh, now my specialty. But yeah, so kind of fast forward that will get us into education and kind of, I guess, my foray into education is uh, the GM of a company called Galvanize, which we've already talked about. But uh, for anyone that's not familiar, it's essentially a giant nerd castle. So on one side, it's a co-working space where, uh, you know, various companies in the local Phoenix one, there's Google, there's Banner Health, there's McKesson, all the way to, you know, your sole entrepreneurs. So pretty good swath of technical-esque companies and, and uh, agile type companies. Then we do uh, education in uh, web development uh, and, and data science. And then essentially what wrapped everything together was an ecosystem, a community that, whether that was teaching the community, whether that was hosting events or providing space for uh, the community to come together because 
the whole model only works with the idea of community and taking students next to business people next to just the general tech um, ecosystem kind of meshed it all together. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the GM approached me and said, hey, do you want to run around Phoenix and essentially build the tech community? Uh, it was tech evangelist. No one knew what that was in Phoenix. It's a pretty rare term uh, outside of San Francisco. So sure. yeah, I was for the last uh, two and a half years up until about three months ago, uh, no longer with Galvanized. But uh, for about two and a half years, I was uh, allowed to run around all of Phoenix from uh, the middle schools to the high schools, to the universities, to uh, working with a lot of the different companies and uh, just just anything that was tech, anything that uh, I could help people get into the tech field. Uh, and also like trying to spark the enthusiasm in people because there's dope stuff that's happening right now. So <laughs> For sure. That's awesome. And so that's another kind of term that I've seen on your LinkedIn, I believe is like community builder. So that's kind of rogue tech evangelist and uh, community builder, those things kind of all go together. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's the, the unique thing is that I have a technical background and I guess that is where I find a lot of my enthusiasm. And that's, um, I guess where I, I'm able to talk to a lot of people about how I feel because it really relates to tech, whether it's collaboration, whether it's just, wanting to live in a world of skills-based economies, right? Where there's less place to insert bias and you kind of find that. So I've always, having a technical background, it's always fueled me, um, especially on the data science side. That's more where my passion is. And there's so much cool stuff, whether you're, you're uh, self-driving cars, computer vision, all of that stuff is so exciting. And that's um, my wheelhouse and, and kind of what fuels me. But a lot of it goes to, to me just saying, I don't care if uh, you become a developer, I don't care if you become an engineer, whatever, but this is a skill, like you need, you need this as a skill because it helps your other skills, it empowers your other skills, uh, your other abilities to, to kind of learn coding or how to think like that. So uh, that's sure. always just been my message. Uh, yeah, you, you saw that firsthand in your CPA career. So were you actually a CPA? Never, never CPA. Um, weirdly enough, I am a CPA hit right now. Um, they never would have let me like hung out with them when I was on the financial analyst side. But uh, <laughs> now I actually talk to the Arizona CPAs probably once or twice a year. I'm actually going out to Florida in, a, in like two months to go uh, to a conference down there and, and uh, talk to a group of CPAs. So uh, it, it's, it's that background has helped me I guess relate to more people. Like that's the biggest thing with technology is how do you relate with more people? And yeah. for me, like I was like, like what I usually talk to CPAs about is like Excel and Python, Python being the, the main coding language aren't too far. Like the concepts um, aren't too crazy. Let's take a, a cell. Like you didn't name it A1, A2, A3. I didn't name it A1, <laughs> A2, A3. Yeah. Um, and it, if you're like an Excel power user, you can actually go into the set, like the top left-hand corner where it says A1, A2, A3, and just type my cell. Um, and then you can go equals my cell and it references what was A1 or whatever that cell was. Um, so you say, well, take that idea. That's a variable, right? It changes. Yeah. Well, this is how you do it in Python, but you don't have like a visual interface. So you have to name it uh, really efficiently because it's, not somewhere on your spreadsheet, it's somewhere on your hard drive. And 
that's a little harder to find. So you need to, sure. to have the specific names, but um, there's so many things that that relates to. So I think that started me in the foray of just saying, how many ways can I connect coding to other people's backgrounds even? Um, That's awesome. Uh, yeah, that helps me out like a lot too, because I use Excel pretty heavily and, and I've seen just different tutorials and like things that you put out even. I saw uh, you used to put out videos when you were with Galvanize for like the data dorks. I was like, oh, it's like this stuff is definitely helpful as far as helping me understand how things work. But yeah, tying it to Excel, if, if a lot of stuff, if that's kind of like that basic level, it definitely gives me a little bit more confidence that I know some entry level type <laughs> coding skills. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really just a way to think. So uh, yeah. I think that's the biggest thing that I, I try to fight is um, no matter how old you are, right, young or old, uh, it it helps keep your mind sharp and it helps change the pathways in your mind. So if you are older, like you want different neural paths sometimes, right? Like yeah. uh, that's, that's a different activity. If you're younger, it's really easy. So why not have this skill that uh, can supercharge your other ones, you know, for, for relatively inexpensive in, in the world of your time. Right? Yeah, well, and there's so many ways too. Like, you don't have to go through Galvanize. There's so many free, like, YouTube videos, all these different resources. And yeah, like you said, everything's easier early on in life. And that's why my company specifically tries to help people in their 20s and 30s before they start to develop these bad habits, or it's just a little bit tougher to learn. Like, you can always learn new things. It just, your mind puts up a fight. It makes you think that you're going to die because you're trying to initiate some change. And, and so I've actually seen you talk to a bunch of different kind of age groups and some of them are very young. Is that kind of one of the, the main purposes why you like getting in front of those crowds? I mean, I think it's more mentality. Um, it has nothing to do, like it probably seems aged. Like I, I, I think the groups of people are probably generally younger, but I get to talk to, you know, all sorts of individuals. Uh, yep. the, the thing really is, I think I resonate more with, with younger people or um, the things that I talk about when it comes to technology and, and what is essentially like adapt, adapting to the world around you, right? And yeah. um, I feel like that the younger you go, the more that is becoming the identity. And the older you go, pushing against change and things that are happening sometimes. And this is, I will be the first to tell you this is overgeneralized, but, but true, true to a fault, right? Because the older we get, and I'll say probably when I get older, I'll probably be in the same thing, but it's, I don't want the world to change as much. And I think right now is such a time where it's changing so much faster and we're seeing it, it feels like. And you're starting to see those those huge discrepancies, right? Where we have self-driving cars, and how do I go explain to somebody in, in maybe a rural area or uh, a country that doesn't have that? Like that's a very significant difference, right? And we're, we're just really starting to see these significant differences. So I think that's why I probably find myself in more crowds of uh, younger individuals, but. Also, like, I think the biggest thing is sharing with everybody because we're all going to live in this world and we've, as technologists, we need to not 
candy coat. I don't want to say candy coat. We need to not abstract everything at the top because sure. uh, everyone needs to be comfortable in this world, right? Um, there's a lot of people that aren't comfortable with self-driving cars and, and they shouldn't be because we haven't went out of our ways to explain how it works at a kind of even a conceptual level to make the general population accept something that is going to impact their lives. And that's, I think that's a technology like person and, and communities like role in, you know, all of that. So at the same time, I try to find those people that will let me in um, and share that too. No. Yeah. I think that would actually be a really great thing to speak to some of the older uh, age type people too. And because really one of the biggest difficulties for a lot of people as they age is the, the loss of different abilities um, feeling lonely and some of those things is because they're not able to drive themselves they don't feel safe driving themselves in self-driving cars and AI could potentially fix that so that could allow their value of their life kind of in that tail end when normally they'd be more house bound uh, a lot more restricted these things are the things that are could potentially change like the last 20, 30 years of their life and make it so much better than if they were just kind of stuck at home. And there's even like on the medical front too, and, and that I'm sure gets a little bit more complicated and there's more delays there because of all the compliance and, and regulatory issues um, from the medical standpoint, but there's a huge epidemic that's going to be getting larger and larger where people are need a long-term care assistance and it's super expensive if you if someone needed like full-blown around the care coverage and and needs it's like a hundred thousand dollars like here in colorado yeah. and so if you think that there's some technology inventions that could be implemented where we can drastically reduce that cost that's going to be a huge benefit uh for people later on in their lives as well so i think they hopefully they'll start to come around to these things when they see that there is going to be a direct value correlation to what their life could potentially look like. Yeah. And again, it's going to be, it's going to be such a like rocky road, um, <laughs> probably along this, uh, because right. Like we were predicated by Terminator. We were, you know, <laughs> uh, we have Elon Musk, you know, saying crazy things out there sometimes. So it's, it, it, it it's going to be a push, but again, like the things that we'll see in, 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 in my lifetime and in your lifetime are going to be incredible. Uh, just specifically at the heart of a lot of the things that I'm passionate about and, and you probably find me sharing more often is neural networks, um, which aren't even a, it's not new. It's not uh, some crazy invention that we just came up with. Um, it's actually from the nineties. Uh, we just now have, the computing power, the data, the resources, and and the investment into to, to really take these to to a next level where we're we're creating a lot of things. And whether it's on the medical side, whether it's on the self-driving car, whether it's on improvement, whether it's the recommender system that lives at the middle of my i my iPhone, right? And every iPhone, <laughs> yep. uh, every Netflix uh, movie that I'm suggested, every. YouTube video, like every, every algorithm that surrounds me, right? These recommender systems, um, it, it's making life more unique to me. Yeah. And, and I think that that, that's, that's super powerful. And that's, that's one of the many crazy things, right? That we're, we're going to see, uh, over the next several years. Um, and even, even we're, we're really reinvigorating, reinvigorating our look at space. 
Um, I never grew up with a lot of space um, things it felt like or space missions that were of significance. And right now, there's a lot of cool things that people are doing. And um, there's even a couple weeks ago, uh, I think they're trying to figure out a way to, to slingshot around one planet to go out to a further planet. I think Neptune or something. But, awesome. but the crazy yeah, that was never like in my like wheelhouse at all. Like that's the stuff like you were around it, but it wasn't it wasn't as real to excite people. And I feel like you're starting to see that with a lot of the the students, right? They're they're starting to get excited by the technology, the the robots that they get to play with, the <laughs> Um, you know, the world that has just been attuned to them. Uh, they're, they're getting excited about that, and they're taking that uh, to the place where I get to see, you know, these 15-year-old, like, computer vision experts all the time now in some of our local high schools. So, so I think that's, that's the other side is I, I accepted a while ago that the next generation is just going to be able to do dope things and that they'll make mistakes like we all will. I'll make mistakes. We're all going to do sure. that. But, that just progression of knowledge is some of the things we're doing, like I can't even dream of. I couldn't uh, think about having that ability so young. Uh, and, and there's not just a couple of them. There's several of them. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's the exciting thing is uh, how can I just like high five you and get out of your way and just watch what you <laughs> do. Um, so. Well, that's, that's a unique aspect too. Cause a lot of these kids are just coming up thinking like they're seeing all the things that we've experienced in the last 10 years or so technology wise and like oh that's cool they just think that's normal but to us like the cell phone is something that was like a star trek type thing as far as all the different futures all as powerful as they are like a lot of the stuff that we think about we always thought it wasn't possible and we just like to dream about it through these sci-fi movies and whatnot but just how rapidly things have changed and how crazy technology how powerful it really is is showing the youth and the younger people that really there's not too many things that can't exist anymore where before it's like, Oh no, that's not practical. No, that's, that's not possible. You shouldn't have this dream because it's not going to be a reality. But I think this generation is growing up in the time where there's a lot more possibility people are saying and actually believe in that you can be and do anything you want. And just yeah technology even just from a standpoint of me being able to launch my own financial planning company like that's not something i would have been able to do 10 years ago because the resources i would have needed would have been astronomical as far as the cost and now with zoom and all these crazy things like i'm able to be competitive with the biggest financial companies in the world and it's crazy to think that just over a few years that it's possible and this is kind of the world that that the youth are coming up in and so it, I can definitely see where you get excited about all the, the crazy things they can think about because you know from your experience that these things could very well be possible. And if it's not this kid, it's the one next to them. Like they, they can collaborate, they can team up. There's a lot of different cool things that are going to be coming out in the future. Yeah, 100%. I tell people all the time that uh, if anyone tells you that there's something that isn't possible right now, like they have no clue uh, because there's so many things that like I can tell you is – on the reasonable side, right? Like we're not turning into different animals. I think one of my friends called me <laughs> and she said she wanted to be a glow bug at some point. So I was like, you win on that one. But there's so much that is possible that's that's gonna be possible. And and even just kind of to your business and, and even to the way we learn, like you have to understand that memorization is so pointless now. 
because yeah. I can look everything up and, and I don't think we've fully grasped that the way that we are learning is so it, it's, it's almost as you need it now. And engineers kind of benefit from this because we've always lived in a world of like whatever the next thing is, like this is the process of I have to go learn something new and implement it. Yeah. But what you find is like just learning is that way. Like everything, there's so much coming at you. There's so much information out there in every field, right? And there's so much Mm -hmm. unique things that I think if you truly have a curiosity inside of you, which is the most probably powerful tool when it comes to learning because yep. if you're curious, you'll go, you'll go find your answers. And, but the beauty right now is those answers are so close. So uh, even if we just like inspiring curiosity in people, like you have to understand like the, the endless bottom of them searching for their passions, whether it be in finance, whether it be in technology, whether it be in English, whether it be in art, you know, whatever it is, it's at, the, it's at their fingertips. Uh, and my, my friend's like three-year-old son proves me uh, less intelligent than him every day because he can't <laughs> talk or he can't like type anything, but he can get his iPad and like hold down Siri and say whale and go like find his favorite whale videos. Yeah, um, that's insane. It's just uh, like as you need learning at, at three is, is kind of just this world though that uh, – we're in and, and kind of we're all we're going to be in for the foreseeable future but that's that's a unique like place that especially for people that are learning like i can't imagine that power and capabilities but also like there's definitely risks there uh but yeah it's, it's so unique right it's it's so yep. unique because we uh, we grew up in a world where you had to memorize things and now anyone that's memorizing I'm like that's the most ridiculous thing ever um <laughs> uh, just because it's not it's not as realistic anymore it's not uh it's, yeah, not it's not as helpful as a resource and and i think that's helped with the kind of financial industry too like because before you could only work with people if you had x amount of dollars and otherwise you just didn't have access to a lot of stuff you couldn't even buy stocks like 20 30 years ago without calling up some old school broker dude that wants to sell you something and he's going to charge you a bunch of money to do it. Then, um, I don't know what the first one was, but they allowed you to start trading online. And so everyone could just have access to it. If you had like a hundred dollars, the fees were reasonable enough where you could actually go in and do those types of things. And yeah. so it's crazy, like how different those things end up working out. So one thing right now, you're not with galvanized and it's been a couple of weeks since I checked in with you. What are you in a position right now? Or in, and if not, what do you kind of envision that kind of perfect next opportunity, knowing what all of your skills, background and experiences are? Yeah. So not, I'm just kind of running around doing what I always do right now, which is community stuff. But yes, yeah. I do need to uh, find so you couldn't turn that off? Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. uh, it doesn't turn off, right? Yeah. Even if we want to. Like the community doesn't stop and, and yeah. quite frankly, I needed something to do regardless. Uh, so I, I, I've kind of taken the last few months to figure out like what I want yeah. um, and what that position would be. So um, I'm going to start looking. There's, there's an interesting opportunity that's kind of uh, come my way for me to make my own um, role. So yeah, uh, I'm going to need support from, 
a couple of the communities, uh, companies, and, and organizations. But the hope for me is always to, to be able to teach, support, and inspire the, the, the community through, through technology and computer science. That, that's the hope, the dream, um, and what I'm really good at. There's not a lot of those jobs running around, uh, and there's even less in terms of just Phoenix. Sure. Uh, and I, I don't know, there's been a couple of things that kind of came around, like, hey, would you do this state? Would you do, and I would, but uh, for whatever reason, maybe they don't want to like pull me fully out of Phoenix, or maybe just uh, it just doesn't work or whatever, but it hasn't panned out. So um, I, I would say that's the dream job is at least being able to work with the community and support the community in some way. Um, it doesn't have to be all the time. I can do uh, traditional engineering work on the side too if, <laughs> if that's yeah. needed. Um, but but if if I can't find something or make something along those lines happen, then it's 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 going to be probably back on the um, data science side. Some some type of analyst or researcher or um, that that kind of what I'd, I'd say right that curiosity I curiosity fuels me and uh, it, it's different because people have offered me w web development jobs and I'm not that great of a web developer I'm, I'm capable but not uh, I wouldn't employ me as a web developer maybe that's because I know where I'm not good uh, but I can <laughs> I can build websites in, in React or whatever, but it's it's hacky. The problem is that I just I don't I don't have the same affinity to build as I do to search for answers, and and that's what I always found is the I get asked the question all the time: What's the difference between software engineering um, and, and your web development and data science? And like that's what it really is: is at the heart uh, whether you are somebody that likes to create and build in your head and you want to see that come to life. Like, software engineering is your wheelhouse if you want to build a, bu a business right software engineering is your wheelhouse yeah uh, if you're curious for answers and you have a desire to find something right whether it's uh, looking at numbers and, and wanting answers whether it's having a theory and wanting to disprove or prove it right it goes yeah. back to curiosity though about something um, I, I, I tuned to that. Uh, so usually you'll find me closer to that, uh, probably in the working space. So if somebody wants to throw, uh, something along those lines, that's probably where I'll end up if, if I can't carve out my own road in, uh, in Phoenix, but, uh, wherever it is, I'll, I'll, I'll probably, uh, have fun doing it regardless because I, I've, I've had the pleasure of, have, of having a lot of people that support me over the years here. So even if sure. I don't uh, get to do all the community stuff that I used to, uh, the community itself is real. And um, even if I was just holding it for somebody else, like it's a good community and, and I'm excited for whoever that is. Because we're getting to the place where we need it. You know, Phoenix is a big place. And, and it's growing rapidly as far as the, well, just in general, but then also the tech focus as well. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely tech focus. There's definitely, there's, there's a lot of benefits here uh, of uh, just cost of living, uh, relatively spread outness, um, and, and just, you know, outside of it being hot for three or four months, it's beautiful the other eight, right? So uh, 
there, there's a lot there and the, the city's making a, a large investment, right? They're, they're really going after these tech companies and saying, why not Phoenix? Like there, there's uh, enough people. And, and I think the biggest thing that's ever missing in that conversation is usually how do we showcase the tech talent? And, and we're getting to a place where we're having a lot of those great things where we're having a bunch of different hackathons. We're having uh, different giant graduating classes, different yeah. startups that uh, people are kind of creating and, and building um, large meetups, large conferences, what have you, even like specific industries that you'll find are, are really prevalent here. Um, there's a lot of ed tech stuff specifically in Phoenix and, and just different stuff like that. But uh, that's, it's a, it's a fun place to be right now. No. Yeah. I've, I've been there a few times for different conferences and it's never been at the peak heat. And I'm like, man, this, this doesn't seem too bad. I, I love the mountains and where I'm at in, in Colorado, but yeah, that's definitely a place I want to be able to visit and, and get to more often once I have a little bit more free time to do those types of things. Uh, I'm super excited about where you do end up. Cause I think regardless of what that is, obviously most things want to have like a, a defined box. And, and that's one of the tricky parts with finding an opportunity initially because it's like, oh, well, you're going to confine me to this. But usually after you kind of show that you're uh, valuable in that one aspect. And, and like you said, that community aspect, you don't really turn off. You can still do things after hours uh, and, and things like that. So you'll be able to still keep a lot of that component. You just might not get paid uh, for it like how you were uh, with Galvanize. But it it's cool too that you've been keeping up with that stuff anyways. And so, yeah, it does kind of just prove it's something that you really enjoy doing. And once you kind of show that you're able to, to hold your own on whatever that kind of initial position is, you'll start to have, be able to flex your muscles and show them those other capabilities, kind of like what you did when you went through uh, that kind of finance career progression. You're like, yeah, I, I came in here. I'm, I can do this well enough to, to get in the door but this is where I think I add more value. And then all of a sudden you kind of shut up where, where it made sense for you to be. And then obviously you just kind of came to a realization like, you know what, I'm, I'm probably going to be best used <laughs> in a different role altogether and a, a whole different uh, kind of career at that point, which is a lot more common. I'm sure a lot of the listeners of the show probably have made a career transition at least once already. And it's super common uh, by anyone that reaches like their forties that they're going to make a career change by then. Yeah, and I mean, I think that's the that's the unique thing that I've always kind of approached things with, which I'd say is an engineering mindset. But um, I don't know. I don't know if it's fully an engineering mindset or just kind of a being accepting for new things. But really, I, I like different jobs and kind of the different areas. Like you look at it, whether this is the more marketing side right now, more the tech side. Uh, more the you know finance side what what have you like they all inter they all introduce new unique opportunities but that's that's part of the fun is that you can explore these and you know go into different fields and they all they all relate in some way right like maybe it's uh, not the next job and uh, maybe it's the job after that I I don't know but. There is jobs to bring all of your skills together. And even if there isn't, there's a lot of times where I know I can make my own. Like I could go, 
Um, if I, you know, maybe go like extend the data dork series, which I've, I've long thought about just kind of doing that stuff. Uh, and, and I think that that, I will always think that that approach to stuff is unique and there will always be a community for, uh, you know, financial people transitioning into Python people or, sure. um, you, you know, what have you, but that's just one example. But I think there's for everybody, there's a place to bridge. Cause I saw it all the time at Galvanize, right? Like, because most students come to Galvanize with a different background. Exactly. Um, whether it's car mechanic, whether it's um, help desk, Amazon factory worker, chef, uh, <laughs> counter uh, person, right? Behind the deli counter. Yep. Whatever it is, you take that passion, you take that education, you take that work ethic, you take the dislike for that job, whatever it is. <laughs> and that, right, that carries you to the next one. And that yeah. uh, if that's what's fueling your engine, like, that's fine. Um, because you, the more you get to the other side, the more you'll feel comfortable about the things you learned and uh, that you didn't like, uh, right? Like, whatever it is, it all, it all commingles in a beautiful way. <laughs> and I can't, I can't tell you how many students got to bridge the two, whether it was insurance, finance, and, and they've just found either car companies, if they were mechanics, you know, went, went to the other side of insurance on the tech side uh, when they were previously, you know, teaching series 63 or series seven tests. And, yeah. and now they uh, have the tech skills. So they're like, well, I'm going to go work, uh, you know, for State Farm, Allstate, whatever. Um, and taking that expertise, which serves them, right? There's, there's not a lot of tech people that have the knowledge of the product. Um, and the understanding of that stuff. So I think that there's so much opportunity uh, with with that, at least on 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 the tech side, but but on everything, right? Whether it's me, me on the finance to 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 different different roles, it, it it bridges gaps and it gives you a different confidence. That's probably why uh, business people probably don't like to talk to me as much because <laughs> I understand the finance side. I usually just yeah. don't care. Yeah. Um, that's, that's, the, that's the hardest thing for a lot of people is that uh, I understand that revenue and that is how businesses work. It's just I've seen a lot of different sides and I've kind of come to the realization that there's a lot there and, and that we all probably think that there's more to every decision than just the financial impact. Exactly. Yeah, um, that's, that's a perfect kind of close to the show. Is, and I try to make sure people understand that too is the financial right way, like there's typically, this is the way that you'll get the most amount of money or the most amount of return, but that's not necessarily the way to go. I would say a majority of the time, it's not the way to go because there's so many other factors that you need to, to weigh in to make sure that you're kind of living your best life today. And, and obviously we don't want to be out of control, but yeah, it's like the financial right answer is very rarely the one that we implement just because it's not, it's not, fun enough it's not it feels too stiff and too rigid so i i can see and i agree like most people do not like dealing with the financial side of the rigidness of of what the numbers look and what they try to tell you that you should do sometimes yeah especially on the per the personal side right it, it goes to risk and what you can handle on the business side that is the that's just the like de facto like this is uh this is what i can show everybody but uh, at yeah. the end of the day right it's just it's communication you, you uh 
every, uh, every business person has uh, made decisions for the long term that did not uh, directly finance. It was not the best right then, but for the long term. Right. Um, so yep. like I, that's, that's, that's more of the conversation, right. Is all the things that go into it, whether it's the, the perception, the, the financial, the comfort, right. Whether you can sleep at night. Um, <laughs> exactly. Yep. Right? Like that's definitely on the personal side is, uh, the monetary right is one thing, but like the risk and the uh, can you handle if this if this is gone? Like, what is that feel like? If that if that's stressful for you, it's not worth it. Like your health, um, it is more. It's going to cost me more to like, you know, pay for whatever the health problems of you constantly stressing about this and uh, you know, all the cold sore breathing medicine you got to go buy because that stuff's not cheap, right? Um, <laughs> yep. Like uh, whatever that is, like how do we uh, make you comfortable? Because that's the biggest thing. It's not just uh, that you know, just one metric. It's it's all of them. Yeah, yeah, and it just kind of comes down to just making sure that you're having a little bit more confidence than what you had the day before, and and yeah, not being reckless and having that understanding and that knowing as far as if you know what you need to know, and then you make a certain decision, then that's that's good for you, but putting your head down in the sand and ignoring the stuff outright, then that's, that's probably not a good position to be in. So the target audience for my show are tech professionals in their 20s and 30s, so kind of early to mid-career. What would be like the one takeaway or tip that you'd want to give them kind of just based off of everything you've experienced so far? So I'm going to live in the world that I probably already touched on a bunch of times, but it really is be curious, like truly be curious because there's no such thing as stopping to learn. Like 20, 30, it doesn't matter. Like you can't, you can't stop learning things and you shouldn't stop learning things. So I really encourage people to find out what they're curious about and we all have it, right? There's, there's something that we all want to know or we, we want to find answers to or know more about, um, yeah. if nothing else, right? I want to know more about, uh, you know, finance, what, whatever it is. Find that thing and spend some time at that. Uh, just just make, that a, make that a habit. And, and the more you spend time learning things, even though that's 15, 20 minutes a day, like it becomes a habit. And learning something every day for, for 20 minutes, you'll, you'll realize how much that impacts your, your, your knowledge, the way you think about things, the way you think, the way you approach other people. Because the more you learn about things, the more uh, hopefully you see differing opinions or, or, or things that don't um, always align with you or that brings up something in your head that makes you question. So uh, I think that's the biggest thing is just, constantly spending time um, searching for something and, and uh, hopefully you'll find it. And if you don't, like it's part of the fun is the search. Yeah, that's awesome. And one, one thing that you did too, and I'll just kind of mention this in case people end up wanting to connect with you on LinkedIn, but I don't know if you still do this, but you were like working on some AI for like some video game systems, it, like some retro video games and trying to help them like play through the level and you were tracking their progress and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But what you just described and just having fun and having those questions, like that's, that's what life is all about is just trying to, to have fun. And there's so many different ways you can do it. But one way for sure is just 
to turn your life into a game essentially by creating these challenges for yourself and, and questioning things. Cause yeah, a lot of times you'll find the answers and sometimes you won't, uh, sometimes you won't until years from now when some other stuff lines up for you. But yeah, that's awesome. Being curious to never stop learning, creating these habits. And then those things all just kind of compound. If you do that every day, you're going to be infinitely smarter <laughs> at the end of a year. Yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe smarter, but it's, it's, it's like, that's the thing smart isn't, it means very little, right? But yep. uh, what you'll be is an expert in what you were most curious about, right? It has nothing to do with, uh, like, it can be something that relates to nothing, but yeah. if that's truly what you're curious about, you will search that answer and you will become a, a subject matter expert in whatever <laughs> that is, um, whether you want to or not, because, again, it, it's kind of that fuel. Like, that's what makes me a uh, weirdly a deep learning expert with video games is because that was one of my weird passions. I was working on one uh, all week. I finally got my Streets of Rage bot to get almost past the first level, which has taken me a long time. Um, but, but again, like, that's, it, that's just one of the random curiosities, but it could be anything. It doesn't have to be technical even. No, yeah, that's awesome. I really appreciate you coming on, Chris. And before we jump off, I'll just let people know if they did want to connect with you is the best way through LinkedIn? Uh, LinkedIn is probably the easiest way. It's just Chris Huey. Um, there is like my tagline is Phoenix Tech Nerd. I think it's LinkedIn slash in slash Phoenix Tech Nerd. If you try that, if you just type in Chris Huey, hopefully... I'm connected to enough people uh, around you that I usually pop up at the top. If not, I'm one of the top three Chris Hueys. Um, <laughs> the, the other Chris Hueys are pretty legit also. I'm, I, I try to uh, also follow and connect with them and follow That's crazy. Them. I've never heard of it. <laughs> uh, there, there's a couple. There's a couple. And, and some of them are super uh, rock stars. Uh, one of them is even com uh, computer uh, researcher, I believe. Um, oh, yeah. I, I think he still is. But, yeah, that's that's one thing. Uh, Phoenix Tech Nerd, pretty much anywhere else. Like Instagram, if you want to follow me, it's Phoenix Tech Nerd. Um, Pretty much everywhere. Yeah, I'll get all the links uh, that I can find into the show notes. So yeah, in case you are having trouble finding the right Chris, I will make sure I have uh, the correct one because I am connected. I, I believe I'm only connected with one of them. So <laughs> yeah, hopefully, hopefully at least one. Perfect. Well, I appreciate you coming on today. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Techie Personal Finance Bootcamp. Remember, if you like what you've been hearing, to subscribe, review, and share with your friends and colleagues. I'm also still taking suggestions for future episode topics and guests. If you want to take your connection to the show to the next level, you can find me on LinkedIn or on Facebook. Catch you next time on Techie Personal Finance Bootcamp.